This is the Tongvibi Tales. I'm Shannon Evans, and I write about a small town called Columbus, Mississippi, on the Tombigbee River. The county seat of Columbus contains a large cemetery called Sandfield Cemetery, which the city has owned since 1854, and it contains the graves of prominent African-American citizens from the Reconstruction era. This podcast today tells the story of yet another obscure internment at Sandfield Cemetery, specifically about a former enslaved Mississippian named William Isaac Mitchell, who developed educational opportunities for the formerly enslaved people of Lowndes County and their children. He was also crucial in transforming the American Missionary Association School into Union Academy. The Freedmen's Bureau was responsible for the management of all matters relating to the formerly enslaved after the Civil War. They operated hospitals and refugee camps, supervised labor contracts between planters and freed people, legalized marriages entered into during slavery, and they helped reunite, reunite freed people with their families, as well as assisted benevolent societies in establishing schools. In late 1865, the Bureau established the Freedmen's School in the former Wayside Hospital, which Confederates built on the south side of Columbus. The original building was commissioned for sick and dying Confederate and Union soldiers, and two additional buildings were built by occupational forces for their offices as well. The Freedmen's Bureau was operated by the American Missionary Association, also sometimes referred to as the AMA. In 1846, a group of abolitionists who had previously worked for the legal defense of the Amistad captives founded the AMA. Seizing upon opportunities as the Confederacy crumbled under the weight of freedom, the AMA began founding schools for the formerly enslaved people. In 1866, the AMA began to create normal schools to train teachers in the school model of combining academic and industrial courses for students. The AMA felt strongly that providing African-Americans a more complete education would provide not only economic independence, but would assist them in their struggle for citizenship. The AMA school provided basic literacy education to the formerly enslaved, but it also served as a teacher training facility. Many whites living in Columbus did not believe that the formerly enslaved needed education, and some of them publicly voiced their concerns shortly after the school opened. Since many freed people worked during the day and others were afraid of being seen attending classes, the AMA initially held all classes under the cover of darkness. In April 1866, the school received a threatening letter. Thus, the Bureau increased their patrols at the school. The formerly enslaved even took up arms and set up regular guard posts at the school. Some affluent white also lent their public voice of support to black education. Harrison Johnston, the owner of a cotton mill who also served as provost marshal during Re Reconstruction, as well as former Governor James Whitfield, offered their public support. And local planner T.C. Billups and his wife even visited the school to seek guidance about starting a school for the formerly enslaved who were working on their plantation. Despite having support across racial lines, the school was destroyed by a suspicious fire in January of 1867. 
the night watchman lost his life in a failed effort to save the school. With the original buildings in ashes, the AMA moved across the street to the old Confederate barracks and the Freedmen's Chapel. White supporters soon raised $400 to build a new school, and the two-story frame schoolhouse was built facing 9th Avenue South. In the spring of 1871, the Mississippi Senate proposed legislation to build a permanent normal school, also called a training school for teachers, at the Columbus Female Institute on what is now MUW campus, as well as to build Columbus Union Academy. The school continued at the Southside Address for Black students and teachers in training under the AMA's direction and was officially now named Union Academy in 1874. The White Liners, a group of white supremacists who supported the Democratic Party of that time, began to put more pressure on local teachers of Black students in 1877. The White Liners threatened white and Black educators alike with lynching if they continued educating local Blacks. The White Liners were also displeased that the school was used by the local Republican clubs to meet. The AMA decided that the climate was too dangerous for their missionary teachers and administrators and withdrew their support from Lowndes County and headed and handed the school over to Franklin Academy. William Isaac Mitchell, a former teacher who trained under the AMA at the Freedmen's School, was appointed the first African-American principal of Union Academy and the first African-American principal of a school in Lowndes County in 1878. Little is known about Mitchell's early life. We know that his enslaved mother gave birth to a son named William Isaac Mitchell in Mississippi on December 18th of 1855. We know he went on to earn degrees at Alcorn State and Central Mississippi College before joining the Teacher Training Institute in Columbus. He was a master mason and a grand associate patron of the Eastern Star Order. As principal of Union Academy, Mitchell added a high school curriculum in the early 1900s and a 1915 article in the Lexington Advisor dubbed Mitchell, quote, the Negro Encyclopedia of East Mississippi. Union followed the same calendar year as the white Columbus City School Franklin Academy. Both schools held summer teacher institutes for four weeks to recruit and train new teachers for all all of Northeast Mississippi. These sessions were also held as a form of continuing education for existing faculty to promote new best practices. Expert speakers were brought in each day to lecture the attendees. On September 1st of 1895, the Columbus Dispatch reported that a continuing education institute for white teachers would be held at Franklin Academy and led by Professor J.W. Johnson of Ole Miss. The Colored Institute was held at Union Academy and led by Professor Jones of Hazelhurst, Mississippi. The events at Franklin Academy featured some presentations open to African Americans, but they had to sit in the colored-only section of the gallery. On November 23, 1898, Union Academy once again caught fire. This time, the damage was minimal, but the students had clearly outgrown their school building. The addition of a high school curriculum will once again demand a change of scene for African-American children. Not long after the burning of Union Academy, Mitchell submitted an editorial to the Jackson Clarion Ledger titled, 
the education of the Negro, which highlighted the decision of white supremacists to disenfranchise African-Americans in the 1890 Mississippi Constitution. The revision to state laws stripped black men of the right to vote through various means, including literacy tests and poll tax, and it led to a substantial rise in the lynching of African-American men. In 1896, the Supreme Court of the United States also delivered its landmark decision in the Plessy versus Ferguson case, which codified racial segregation into federal law and gave license to legislators in Mississippi to institute separate and unequal education facilities to black children. The confluence of disenfranchisement, voter suppression, racial segregation, and white resource hoarding and racial stereotyping, destructive lies about racial difference, ushered in the era of Jim Crow. African Americans such as Mitchell lacked a voice in politics. Thus, one of the only ways to push back against racial stereotyping was to embrace the politics of respectability, which demonstrated that African Americans were not incapable of obtaining education, were not inherently criminals, and were not reverting to a savage state outside the institution of slavery. Mitchell's work in education at Union Academy, as well as his leadership in numerous fraternal orders and editorials in white newspapers, demonstrated that African Americans could be as professional and as respectable as any white person in Mississippi. Yet, he carefully crafted his public demeanor along the boundaries of racial etiquette. On July 28, 1910, in an article in the Jackson Daily News, which covered a meeting of the Grand Eastern Star Lodge, claimed that Mitchell had made many white friends with his conservative manner, yet referred to his address as pathetic and refused to report on the specifics of his address. White supremacist violence was always leaning over the horizon for any African-Americans who made too much money or in any way stepped out of line in Mississippi. In 1901, the city of Columbus needed a new facility badly for black children in Columbus, but the discussions about funding the new school were met with ugly editorials and contentious city council meetings. Many whites in Columbus resented their tax dollars going to fund Negro education. Thus, the city took no action to remedy the problem. The responsibility of securing funds for Black education, therefore, fell to members of the Black community across from the fairground on 10th Avenue North, a thriving yet racially segregated business and residential neighborhood made up of African Americans who worked in the nearby brickyard or who owned small businesses that catered to Black customers. The community featured the Black Masonic Lodge and the Queen City Hotel. Over time, prompt Prominent local Blacks purchased several blocks of land and erected a multi-story building. The community held a grand celebration to dedicate the new school on March 29, 1903. As many as 1,000 community members and prospective students marched behind the Union Academy band, which played Hallelujah, Tis Done, as they led the way from 9th Avenue South to the corner of 10th Avenue North. The parade was led by... Columbus Mayor J.T. Gunter, members of the City Council, the school's Board of Trustees, and Professor Mitchell. Lots of speeches were delivered, and the cornerstone for the school was laid by M.W. Stringer, Grand Lodge Colored Masons, and E.W. Lanton, 
the Grand Master of the Mississippi Colored Masons of Greenville. By 1906, over 500 students were enrolled at Union Academy, attending grades 1 through 8. In 1904, an estimated 2,000 white students attended two schools in Columbus, Franklin Academy, grades 1 through 12, and Barrow Academy, grades 1 through 8. Only 800 students were enrolled at Union Academy, grades 1 through 12. Franklin Academy had an operating budget of $9,770. Union's budget was only $2,600. By 1905, Union Academy also provided summer teacher training and continuing education courses for over 200 teachers across Northeast Mississippi. In 1908, the salaries for the entire school district were reported in the commercial dispatch. The white female principal at Barrow Academy earned $900 annually, yet Mitchell's salary as principal of Union Academy was only $600 annually. Whereas the average salary of white teachers was $540 annually, black teachers only earned $180 per year, which was significantly less than the janitor at Franklin Academy, who earned $270 a year. Professor Mitchell was constantly pushing back against the racial stereotypes during Jim Crow and providing a shining example of respectability and intellectual achievement for the Black community in Columbus. He was on the governing board of Union Guarantee and Insurance Bank, which was founded in 1911. He was on the board and served as president of the local Penny Saver Bank, he wrote articles and editorials that were published all over the state. He was an active member of the Masonic Lodge at Gleed's Corner, as well as an active member of his church. After a brief battle with pneumonia, Mitchell died finally on March 6, 1916, and he was buried with full Masonic honors in his family's plot at Sandfield Cemetery. The city built a second elementary school for African-American children, in his honor shortly after his death. Mitchell Elementary was built on the south side of town a few blocks from the former Wayside Hospital, where the first school for black children in Columbus once stood. Mitchell Elementary served the children of Southside from the 1920s through 2008. The original Union Academy building on the north side of town was finally replaced in 1962 with the current building and is still used to educate the children of Columbus. I want to thank you for coming to my podcast, The Tom Bigby Tales. And I'm your host, Shannon Evans. Until next time.